before the human race harnessed the power of fire, there was only darkness. An inky black foreboding abyss that concealed danger, mystery, and fear. Into that darkness brave men would not venture. For as the map says, here, there be monsters. Good evening and welcome to Here There Be Monsters podcast. I am your captain, Derek Hayes. Tonight I want to dim the lights, spark some candles, dust off the EMF detector, and dive into some good old-fashioned ghost stories. But before we lift out of the worldly veil, a few announcements. Are you interested in Dogman, Chupacabra, Mothman, or aliens? So am I, and I'd love to talk about it, but I need your calls to do so. If you've had a strange encounter, seen something unusual, or witnessed something otherworldly, please share your story. Simply call the Here There Be Monsters hotline at 888-608-NIGHT. That's 888-608-6444. The way this works is simple. You call the number, wait until the instructions are given, then tell your story just as you would at a campfire or at a bar. Each call is limited to five minutes. If you're cut off, simply call back, continue right where you left off, and I'll take care of the rest. Now, perhaps you don't have an encounter, but maybe someone you know has. Please convince them to call in and share their tale. Without your calls, there is no Here There Be Monsters podcast. Now, let's get on with tonight's episode. It's happened to all of us. We catch a glimpse of something moving from the side of our eye or hear a faint whisper while at home alone. Perhaps you've experienced the feeling of dread and fear as you race up your basement steps, swearing all along that someone or something was right on your heels. Ghosts have always been a part of human culture. Origin stories and legends hinge on them. Cautionary tales depend on them. And modern-day horror embodies them. But that's not to say that every ghost story is the same. Nor is every ghost experience. Tonight, we run the gamut of ghostly encounters, from the heartwarming and uplifting to the downright terrifying. Monsters aren't always flesh-and-blood creatures in the depths of the forest. No. Sometimes, they're with us and we don't even know it. Our first call comes to us from Roland. Here's his tale. My name is Roland, and my story takes place in a town called Elizabeth, New Jersey. It's an old town, uh, very colonial. And it was, the year was 1996, and I was with uh, two of my friends, and we were at my friend David's house, hanging out in the basement. We were drinking and having a little fun as far as smoking some marijuana. 
uh, the lights were low, super low in the basement. We were just relaxing. Each of us was on one of the sofas in there in the basement. Uh, long story short, um, at one point, we were pretty high. At one point, I, uh, I see something uh, next to me stand up, walk past me, walk past uh, another friend, and turn around, come back, and sit right next to me. For uh, I was a little confused. I wasn't sure who that was. I thought it was David. Uh, and then, to say, uh, a moment later, the figure, which looked very slim, uh, and it was a, a silhouette, a very dark silhouette, walks by me. I reach out to try to touch it, and my hand goes through the being. Uh, at that moment, I, I guess I got a little startled and spooked, and I stood up, I turned on the lights, and I said, ah, you know, I think it's uh, time to go. So um, Andre and I uh, get in his car and drive home. He's taking me to my place, and I go, can I ask you a question? I told him, uh, did you see something odd, uh, like a, a slim figure? The only way I could describe it, like a, a silhouette of a person wearing a tuxedo or a suit. And he's like, oh my goodness, I thought too, but I didn't want to say anything. And we were like, that is the weirdest thing. Uh, so the next day, um, you know, I got in touch with Dave, and we are talking, and I asked him the same question. I said, can I ask you something? And uh, he said, sure. I go, can you, did you see something last night? Like a figure? And I described it, and he was, yes, and he described it back to me exactly how it was. So three of us saw a shape or a spirit or energy of a person. Uh, and it, at first, you know, I thought it was the, the drinking and the smoking, but three different people saw the same thing uh, to let us to believe that something was there uh, as, as a form of energy or shadow or a ghost. And that's my story. Thank you. Thank you. I believe Roland is the first repeat offender of Here There Be Monsters podcast. He called in several episodes ago with another story about poltergeist activity. Now, many would be quick to dismiss Roland's story simply because his admittance to partaking in mind-altering chemicals prior to witnessing the bean. That may be the case with some chemicals, but neither alcohol nor marijuana are hallucinogens. So, neither would necessarily cause Roland and his friends to see something strange that wasn't actually there. The other interesting detail of the story is that all three of the men witnessed something strange, but none of them mentioned it at the time. Could it have been a mass hallucination, or uh, perhaps an illusion produced by the dim lighting? It's truly impossible to say. Thank you again, Roland, for calling in. Our next story is a little bit different. Uh, this is a uh, story that actually happened to a friend of mine growing up. Uh, he lived the next street over, and I'd known him pretty much uh, the entire time growing up. Um, his grandmother had passed away, uh, lived in California. Uh, due to the nature of his mom and dad's jobs and the positions that they held, plus, you know, family finances, they were unable to make the trip out for... Uh, calling hours, funeral, all of that. And it, it really kind of hit the family hard, uh, especially his mom. About three days after the funeral, uh, he wakes up in the middle of the night, and it was kind of like a foggy, daisy-type dream. 
And he remembers he, he starts hearing voices in the kitchen, which is, you know, just down the hall from the bedrooms. And uh, he kind of, you know, gets out of bed and just feels compelled like he needs to just go down there. And he opens his door and he steps into the hallway. And at the exact same time that he steps into the hallway, his dad and his sister step into the hallway. And they all kind of were just in this, this foggy, daisy, dream-like state. And they all kind of look at each other and they're all hearing the voices coming from down in the kitchen. So they walk into the kitchen and they're sitting at the kitchen table is his mom and it looks like his dead grandmother. And he said it looked like it was a photograph of her, like she was there, but it was like she wasn't completely in focus. Like it, she was talking she was talking to his mom and it wasn't like she was really there um they all just kind of felt compelled they sat down around the table um they all talked to grandma for probably about five minutes and after about five minutes uh she said my time's up here i've i've got to go i love all of you and he said she just kind of photograph kind of faded away and faded out and she wasn't in the chair anymore um everybody sat around the table and kind of had a good cry after that they just kind of still in that kind of dreamlike trance you know walked their way back to their bedrooms and uh went to bed now the next day when my friend woke up he said that he just chalked it up to a really weird dream he didn't think anything of it. He just thought he had just a really weird dream. But, you know, everybody in the family was still pretty upset, so he didn't say anything. Goes into the kitchen for breakfast, and everybody's kind of getting ready for the day, and Mom starts crying. And she says, I have to tell you guys about this weird dream I had last night. Well, at that point, everybody starts recounting detail for detail everything that had happened the previous night. They were all kind of in that dreamlike trance. They were all kind of in that, you know haze and that fog but they all remembered all of the details so it was either a mass hallucination or a completely true story see not all ghost stories are scary this one is particularly touching we've all lost a loved one we'd like to have one more conversation with some of us never had the opportunity to say goodbye or get that closure we desperately needed of course in this particular case one could argue that They all simply had the same or similar dream. They had all experienced the same tragic loss and grim realization that they wouldn't be able to attend the funeral. So perhaps it's feasible that those emotions manifested themselves in dream form. Then again, it's also a possibility that the grandmother needed her own closure and made one last visit before she moved on. Either way, thank you so much for that call. Now, on the other side of the coin, not all ghostly encounters are pleasant and benign. Our next caller's tale is a bit more ominous. Hello, here there be monsters. My story takes place a couple years ago, I think about three now, when I was in college in Minneapolis. And it takes place at my friend's house at the time. So I was kind of squatting there unofficially for a couple of reasons, but... Anyway, uh, me and my friend's girlfriend were all hanging out on a weekend night, 
not doing too much. We were up pretty late. I had to go to bed. So his girlfriend go back into his room, and I'm sleeping on the couch in the living room. There were two other roommates in the house that lived there. One, the one on the main floor was out of town, and the one that lived in the basement was had already gone to sleep and was already home. To kind of describe the layout of the house, just one story aside from the basement, you would walk in, and off to your immediately off to your left would be stairs go down to the basement. Over to the right, um, there was kind of a living area, but it was just a junk collector. They just kind of kept stuff in storage out there, so no one was really in there. And then there was, it was all open, there weren't any doors, and then that would go into the living room area where there's a couch against the far right side of the house in that living room area, um, TV across from that. And then off from there to the left a little bit was the bathroom and the two bedrooms upstairs. And so then, if you were keep going straight back of the house from that living room, you'd be in the kitchen, which is pretty big and open, um, and that led to the back door where there was kind of a little deck area. So I am going to sleep in the living room on the couch, um, so laying down. If I, like, sat up, my I would be facing the front of the house, so looking into that, like, kind of junk collection area. To my back is the kitchen and back door. So, yeah, laying down on the couch, trying to get to sleep, and it's like dark, but you know, light enough where you can kind of still see any wall, make out shapes. But I mean, obviously it's nighttime. And so I hear kind of banging noises. Um, and I assume that it's the storm door to the back of the house because they would keep that propped open. Sometimes it would bang on the kind of deck railing there. So I kind of look and I don't see anything. And lay back down, try to go back to sleep or get to sleep. And then it sounds like someone is taking a ton of shoes and just throwing them on the floor in the kitchen and that just had like your typical linoleum kitchen flooring um and I sit up and look again and don't see anything and I'm like okay that's a little bit weird and they had like a I knew they had a junk drawer in the kitchen that had like a bunch of like nuts and bolts and little tools like that and then it sounds like someone has taken that and just like ripped it out and uh thrown it on the floor like it sounds like crashing and like little things bouncing everywhere on this linoleum floor if I remember right I think at that point I was a little too freaked out to turn and look and had kind of decided that uh I'm spooked and I'm just gonna hide under the covers I'm like maybe it's windy maybe those are the noises but I'm not I'm not investigating further I'm just saying where I am but so then the footsteps happened and it sounded like someone was walking from the kitchen into the living room where I was and back and forth a little bit. And so they're walking like me, not even a foot, well, like a foot away from me, but very close and like freaked out. I'm hiding under the covers, just praying, like, I don't know what's going on. And so I did not really sleep at all that night, kind of just hiding under the blanket. And then eventually, and I don't know how much time passed for all this, I, it's now either, it's now light enough where I'm investigating, um, and everything in the kitchen is where it should be. Nothing looks amiss, nothing looks like someone tried to get in, and the back door is locked. Um, and eventually my friends woke up, and they were like, yeah, it kind of sounded like someone was breaking in, or like in the house, but they didn't investigate. We're leaving me as the line of defense, or something like that. But basically, yeah, no sign of anything on this. But yeah, some fun history on the house. The one that my friend was living in at the time was 
not the original structure. The original structure was built, I think, I looked it up and it was built around the early 1900s um, and had burnt to the ground in the 80s. And guys that lived there always joked that it was haunted, someone died in the fire um, and all that. And I'm into ghosty things, so I was like, oh, what happened? And they never gave me a straight answer. They would, they were always like, oh, we're just joking. So I'm not sure if anything really happened before my experience. But after that, my friend I knew that lived there moved out, and I think the two other guys were still there, and this girl moved in, and she apparently had had some experiences and some weird things happened to her. The guy that lived in the basement would be hearing, I guess, more frequently some weird noises and that above him, like people walking and that type of thing. Um, but never really was able to talk to them too in depth. But yeah, that's my story, don't know. I triggered something by being there or what um, and just to say I wasn't really drinking that night we weren't intoxicated or anything just kind of a calm night until all that happened certainly did not get a lot of sleep but thanks for listening to my story hope to hear it on the podcast keep doing what you're doing I really enjoy it bye thank you for calling in There's nothing worse than waking up in the middle of the night to a sound somewhere in your house. The thought of it being something paranormal is scary, but the thought of it being another person that shouldn't be there is downright terrifying. This story reminds me of one that happened in my father's house while I was growing up. You see, every night for a period of nearly a month, we would hear footsteps making their way down to the end of the hallway where the three bedrooms were. My dad, my brother, and myself would all meet in the hallway at the same time, almost nightly, expecting to find someone walking down the hall, but we never did. Further research into the home led to the discovery that a house once stood in the location where my father's house stands now, and that house too burned to the ground, killing the old man that lived inside it. So, thanks again for that creepy call. Our next call is full of experiences. Let's give this one a listen. Hi, my name is Kara, and I grew up in Uniontown, Ohio, where the house that we purchased sat on land that was formerly owned by a family whose daughter had passed away from the flu. We learned this later. Uh, When we were growing up, we would often see this little girl. Um, She was all white. A ghost, um, all white. She wore a long nightgown. She walked with her head down, looking down, um, and her hair was in her face, and she carried a teddy bear by her side. Um, We would see her come out all the time at the top of the stairs. We lived in a split-level home, so you could clearly see the upstairs from the living room when we would be watching TV, and she would come from out of the wall, it looked like, from my parents' bedroom, and she would walk across the hall into my brother's bedroom. Um, Other times, she would just stand at the top of the stairs and just look down at us. She never never reached out, she never tried to interact with us or anything, but we would see her quite often, um, and we believe that she was just, you know, looking for a sick little girl looking for her parents. My, my mom had a friend who was a medium, actually, and she, she just asked her one day, you know, hey, do you feel anything in our home? And her friend said, 
yes, I absolutely do. She said, actually, I can hear this little girl. And, you know, she was 12 years old when she died of the flu um, on the land. And her body, her spirit never crossed over. So she meant us no harm, but she was unable to go to the other side um, to be with her her family, who are, you know, all deceased now, um, to be with them. So her her ghost just haunted our house. and she would just disappear, but her little teddy bear was her most distinguishing feature. <laughs> um, when my mom was getting ready to sell our house, a another figure appeared, and um, he was. It was very uncomfortable to be in the house after after that. He wore a trench coat. Is a black figure, completely black figure. He wore a long trench coat that touched the ground and a fedora hat, and he had a little white dog that would run around our house. We had a white dog also, (laughs) and so it was very unsettling because this dog would run across the floor, and we didn't know which one it was. I would, you know, bend down to try to pet my dog, and it would just disappear because it wasn't actually our dog. So... This, this figure, the, the trench coat man, he would just hang out near the kitchen and his little white dog would chase around our little white dog and she was terrified. She didn't like it at all. Um, so my mom called her medium friend again and said, you know, hey, this has been happening. I'm, I'm very uncomfortable. I get a very bad feeling and the house is cold. It was actually cold to be in there. And her friend told her, you know, don't worry about it, Lisa. That one's not for you. And my mom said, you know, what do you mean? She said that that was for the person who was about to buy our house and that this spirit was waiting for them. And he meant my mom no harm. But he was there for the people coming. And after my mom moved out, she she kept in contact with the people because we grew up in the house. It was very special to us. And so one day, she was talking to the, the man, the husband of the house, and he said, you know, I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound crazy, but what happened in your house? Because I can't take this anymore. And I, he wouldn't elaborate on what was happening, but he just said, you know, things go missing, doors slam, all this creepy creepy stuff is happening he said my his wife is disabled and he said my wife is afraid to leave the bedroom the dogs go crazy at all hours of the night he has two big dogs and they just will randomly start barking and stare off into the corners of the house and they won't go into the basement and all this very strange things all these very strange occurrences keep happening to them so the people who who purchased the house from my mother are now attempting to resell the house because it's very, very scary and hard for the wife to get around in her state. Other things that happened while we were still living there, um, my sister and I shared a room, and as I mentioned before, we lived in a split level. So our bedroom was partway underground, so it was colder anyway, but on certain nights and certain days, it would just be colder. Um, my my younger sister once woke me up in the middle of the night, terrified, 
and she said, get over here on my bed. Come over here now. Get off of your bed. And and my sleepy state, and I was upset that she woke me up and said, what is going on? And she said, get over here now. There is a woman floating above your body. And I stood up and got really cold, and I jumped over to her bed, and there was a woman, a, a white womanly ghostly figure that was actually laying across my body. Her hair was down, dangling right above my face, and she was wearing a gown. I didn't feel bad, but I felt cold, and I don't know what was going on with that. Um, I don't know if there was anything bad, but I was very, very scared after that. We would also sometimes be woken up in the middle of the night both of us at the same time would simultaneously wake up and we would hear children laughing, just the laughter of children. And things, we had a desk in our bedroom that had a computer on it and our, that's where we did our homework and our papers would just fall to the ground like someone had pushed them off. And little black darts, little black dots with like dart around our bedroom floor. The papers would fall and scuffle around on the floor and then it would disappear and the laughter would stop. So also very scary. We had glass in the basement. We had a carpeted basement and we would go down and find glass on the floor. I have no idea where the glass was coming from but it would be shattered on the ground. That happened a few times. We had a very heavy magnetic door that led to our garage, and that would often just be hanging open. It was a heavy door, so when you opened it, it would immediately slam, but it would be hanging open, like there was something holding it, and then all of a sudden it would slam and shake the entire house. And that happened almost daily from the time we moved in. We lived there for about 15 years. About the same time every day. Um, so, and we were sad to leave the house, but also happy because we got to leave that behind. Uh, but when my mom did move, she moved into a place and she had it blessed, or before she had it blessed, rather. Um, she called her, her friend, her medium friend, and asked her, because my brother would be woken up in the middle of the night by the sound of breathing in his closet heavy breathing in his closet and Cheryl the medium indicated that my mom's presence is somewhat of a portal for these ghostly figures and and things to happen so they can kind of follow my mom around uh, for no reason she can't say why Um, but my mom had a friend stay the night one time a, a man and he was laying in bed and my, my father passed away a couple of years ago and she had a picture of him in her bedroom and in the middle of the night the man woke up and he felt like he was being strangled and actually had red marks around his neck and needless to say he never came back <laughs> so very strange that things happen and I guess they all just follow my mom but that is my story those are my stories with ghosts and I enjoy seeing these things often. (laughs) Thank you for letting me share.
Thank you, Kara. That is an incredible collection of stories and experiences. You know, I, I encourage anyone in a similar situation to keep a log of your experiences. It's good to write down exact dates and times, as well as the full details of each encounter. Since it seems your mother is still having experiences, perhaps you can convince her to begin documenting them herself in a journal. That information becomes quite valuable when working with an investigator or researcher. Thank you again, Kara, for your call. It's very incredible stories. And that about wraps it up for tonight's episode. I want to thank all of you so much for listening. But before I go, please head on over to Facebook and like the Here There Be Monsters Facebook page. And while you're at it, like the Instagram feed as well. I'm always posting the latest cryptozoology discovery and news. Head on over to www.heretherebemonsterspodcast.com and check out all the show notes for each episode for further information. And since you're already there, click on the link for the Rag and Bone Emporium. That's my online store where I sell all kinds of dark art and obscure historical recreations. As a listener, use coupon code MONSTERS at checkout for an additional 5% off your total purchase. Speaking of listening, since you're here, it's probably a safe bet that you're into cryptozoology. So why not feed those urges by stopping by www.cryptopia.us? There's tons of good information over there for you to soak up. Remember, to call in your sighting, the Monster Hotline is always open and always free, 888-608-NIGHT. And lastly, if you're listening to this show on iTunes, do me a solid. Rate and review the show. Let other potential listeners know how fun this show can be. Ratings go a long way to spread the message, and the more people that know about the show, the more calls I get in. Alright folks, that's it for this week. Thank you again for listening, and until next week, 